This is Simplistic Fit Down. Hey everyone, this is Matt with Simplistic Reviews for another Simplistic interview and have a I always say this. This is like the, the most cliche thing I've ever said on these uh, on these interview podcasts. Special guest, again, another special guest. Well, this is a, a guest that I've been fishing for for a while, and uh, finally, uh, you know, Quint caught uh, caught his uh, his shark or his orca, if you will. So, uh, on this interview, I have and you hear him laughing in the background, of course, because he maybe appreciates my humor who knows we're, we're gonna find out in this in, in this uh, interview segment i got john brennan a man of many 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 talents from the trauma universe from the shutter universe from the last driving universe uh you name it this guy has um uh, well have you done it all john i feel like you have done it all but you can explain it here yourself john brennan Everybody Thank you on, so on much for having me. I really appreciate <laughs> it. I have not done it all. There's a lot of things that I want to do before I die. Oof. So, and I'm Man. more of an orca than a shark. Okay, you're more of an orca guy <laughs> than a Jaws oh, yeah. guy. Man, no, I mean, I, I like. <laughs> I, I mean, as far as what I am, I love Jaws, but I would personally be more of an orca I you'd be, think you'd be the more you'd be kind of like the slow and steady, kind of like an unassuming, yeah. unassuming apex killer. The shark is like, oh, automatically this thing's gonna bite my bite my dick off. Yeah. Orca, on the other hand, is like, eh, I'm your friend. It's like, oh, I'm gonna take you down to the bottom and drown you. And you'll <laughs> never know anything better about that. <laughs> Just like uh, you know, they're big fans of seal, and I love Kiss from a Rose, so. So automatically orca is just anything mammal, anything mammalian automatically fits into the schema of what what John really likes. Seals orcas whales whatever it is if it's a male it's for him bigfoot is a sasquatch yeti you know whatever you want to call the guy as long as he's got hair on it john's in for it right that's right (laughs) i'm a big fan of hair goddamn (laughs) we both are obviously Uh uh-huh we're both hairy hairy gentlemen well if i was hairless i'll tell you like i'm already kind of weird looking to begin with but as soon as i get rid of this there's like double chins going on. There's a frog, something. It, it's just not good. So the beard at least helps like shape out of my jaw a little bit. So it I'm good. It streamlines it. It kind of makes you, that's like, it. you, you want the square jaw. You want the square jaw. It's like, well, the only way I can get the square jaw if, is if I get the square beard up. That's right. Other than that, it's like a weird, you know, glass jaw type of scenario where it's like punch me once in the face and it's just going to shatter completely <laughs> at this point. <laughs> 100 percent true this is the beard talk i love it this is beard talk we, we didn't know we were going to start with the beard talk but orca yep. beard talk and bigfoot and everything else and we were only in what minute two yeah minute two into this whole thing but who knows where this is gonna go who knows <laughs> well thanks for uh, coming on and joining and just uh kind of shooting the shit with me uh yeah a little bit you know we do have a reason to talk of course you know there's there's things going on uh in in the world of movie films and uh, festivals and everything else in between oh, yeah. um but i mean i always like to do this i mean uh like this is kind of a getting to know you segment. It's like who is john brennan um okay. what is he about where did he come from um i'm sure some someplace really really awesome and cool and um you know just you know five five hot minutes with john right now just boom five minutes we're starting now T- tell tell the audience about yourself all right, so for the very, very beginnings, 
All right, I'll start from the beginning. From the, from the very from, from like the when you couldn't beginning. even remember what the beginning was. Yeah, think what the beginning might have been. <laughs> well, I was born in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. uh, in Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn, and I lived there for about eight years. My first dream when I was about three years old had something to do with bananas. I was huh. uh, my, my if this is very uh, Oedipal and Freudian. She was holding <laughs> a banana out in the dream and I kept trying to reach it and I couldn't I was getting pissed because she wouldn't give me the goddamn banana I was hungry <laughs> who, I think, was the per- who was the person who held it was it your mom who was holding the banana? my mom was holding a banana okay. so it's all edible and, and Freudian and and it's probably the dream that I've been chasing my whole entire life is like I just can't catch the banana I don't, I don't know people, what it is people want to grab the brass ring you want to grab the brass banana uh, yeah I just just give me the fucking fruit god damn it uh so then after that I I you know went to school I my first song I ever wrote was called Jamie poops all day long she never stops pooping and I co-wrote that with this kid Frankie who was my friend and we wrote it about a girl that we had a crush on who was older than the, than us hmm. she was a first grader we were in kindergarten <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> and to impress her, we Jamie poops all day long. She never stops pooping. And then we would do like fart solos for 20 minutes. And it was almost like, uh, you know, a fish song where we would just do different. different you would just solos. have like, you know, jam out sessions with like, different farting. <laughs> fart set, noises. Entire fart session of like, it's like going in, everybody fart in this session. It's like, well, I don't know how to fart, but I will. Like, I oh. will. Some kid, he was like the Miles Davis of farting. It was amazing. <laughs> Uh, after that, I choked on a slice of Sicilian pizza at one point. Mm. I almost died. I, I get told that very often by my parents who uh, saved my life. <laughs> it's, it's funny. You, you bring that up. It's like that, that jogged a, a memory for me when I was about probably seven or eight years old. And I remember a kid, It was I was with my mom. She was with her boyfriend. And uh, I guess she was dating a guy who had kids. And the kid was eating pizza. He was eating pizza very rapidly. He started choking on the pizza. And sure enough, he's like, and his dad had to come out, give him the fucking Heimlich, and and basically give give him the hook inside his mouth to grab the goddamn pizza out of his Mm -hmm. mouth. It was like, I was sitting at the table like, hmm. Am I am I eating pizza wrong? Am I fucking up? (laughs) Apparently, you're doing it right. I I do like. I I witnessed one time my mother hold. a pizza out of my brother's mouth when I was really young and it was a long cheese so it was like ah and it just came out like that clown stuff um (laughs) but that's the way to do it apparently with cheese is most of the time if you can't heimlich it up you do the hook hook it out it's like get a hook and you got to heimlich it enough out to hook it out so hook it out and that's very educational you're running a very educational show here for anyone I, I, I feel like Bill Cosby before he was a creep right now doing something educational for the kids right now so it's like Remember? Let's just hope you don't got any pills going. No, no, there's no pills tonight. It's fine. It's completely, it's completely fine. So you choked on a piece of Sicilian pizza. As a, yeah. uh, as a New Yorker, how do you feel about choking on Sicilian pizza? I love it. I'll choke on any pizza anytime. Okay. Detroit pizza. You know, did you know that there's a Detroit style pizza? Yes, it's uh, I didn't it's, know that. it's it's weird because it's kind of like the same concept as Sicilian, where it's thick. Yeah. But it's it's almost like it's the cheese and the sauce is like ingrained in the in the crust yeah and it's kind of it's not my favorite style pizza i like the fried concept of it a little bit yeah. but i don't like I don't know, i'm a new york guy man i mean i'm, oh, yeah. I'm not from new york but i want new york style pizza i want greasy dripping big 
foldable slice over that's why yeah. i don't like chicago style i don't i'm not a right. big sicilian dude and detroit is it has its place but the, the new york is even neapolitan i'm not a neapolitan guy either i don't know it's like where did this fucking conversation go i don't know i love it all grandma <laughs> pizza it doesn't matter but yeah uh, uh, let me uh, on a side note now that we're on pizza real quick if Obviously. anybody ever comes to new york city and uh, wants like a really classic slice that's centrally located mm-hmm. in Manhattan. Usually people tell you to go all over the goddamn earth. This is yeah. right by Penn Station. It's called New York Pizza Suprema. And I forgot the guy's name, but he did for three years. He went up and down Manhattan trying every single place at the time. And all he would get was a regular single slice to judge. Single and slice the, and that's it. And the, this is the only place in the whole borough of Manhattan that he gave a perfect slice perfect yeah, no. score so uh yeah new york pizza suprema it's like on eighth and uh 30 something 30 somewhere about penn station huh right at penn so it's like okay as soon as you get there midtown go in you're you're you're, you're good to go damn all, all the new york listeners out here listen to john brennan right here That's he knows right He's giving you the inside scoop. So, <laughs> uh, okay, so then after I choked on the Sicilian pizza, yeah. uh, I moved to uh, from Brooklyn to a place called Floral Park. And the day that I moved, I got chicken pox. Uh, okay, so was this a enough. chicken pox party or was it just you happened to get chicken pox? I just, it just so happened that the day okay. that we were moving, I came down with chicken pox. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't too fun. And then, uh, then, you know, then there was grammar school, then there was middle school. A lot of shit happened. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, normal. Between I was like, your, between I, your big hit of the uh, Jane, Jenny Shits. No, that, that, don't, don't misrepresent it. <laughs> okay, sorry. I, I, the whole title, it, it was, I, I feel like it was one of those Jamie titles. Shits. <laughs> Jamie Shits. But, okay, but it was, was it one of those titles? I'm going to go back to this because this is like really important for the audience. Was it one of these kind of 80s ballads where it had, the, it had like some of the words and then the rest of the words in a parentheses type thing? Like Jamie yes. Shits. And then, Jamie, Jamie, it was Jamie poops all day long and then in parentheses, parentheses. she never stops pooping. Okay, I was I was hoping it was something kind of a, uh, like in the meatloaf element or something like that, or like you know, really bad '80s hair metal where they would always put the rest of the title in parentheses. Yeah, they would never say that part of the song or something like 100%, that. A hundred percent, absolutely. Okay, okay continue. Post chicken pox. Uh, in, in, so post chicken pox, it was grammar school, whatever. I don't really know what happened. It was just like normal. You know, I I wasn't like popular or I wasn't uh, a loser. I was like exactly in the middle. Yeah, so it was cool. Like many of us were. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're here. Fuck it. It was fun. I, I got bullied and I bullied. So fuck it. And then, uh, <laughs> uh, then after that, I went to high school. Went to an all boys Catholic school. Ah, oh, all right. And uh, going to an all boys Catholic school is much like being on the Atkins diet. You drink a lot of protein. Keep it, keep it easy with the carbs and just protein it up. <laughs> just tons of protein, no that carbs. Protein. Yeah, protein uh, all the time. Yeah. So that was cool. I actually really like going to an old boys Catholic school. You didn't have to dress up or impress anybody as a cis white male. Yeah. I didn't have to uh, <laughs> worry about it. I just would go in. I would, you know, be unkempt. I still had to wear a suit, but I was, you know, I didn't mind, you know, looking like trash and yeah, uh, just like, learning. It's like, listen, everybody, this is what you have to learn from John. Do not look like John. Don't be a John right now. <laughs> don't be me right now. Don't if you be this guy. A woman, you see this guy? Don't do this. Like, there's no women here, but one day there, you'll be out in the real world where women will be, and John will be lonely and not have a woman, and you will want to have one, so dress accordingly. And this is not a joke, because one of the first days I was at the school, I was hanging out with a bunch of, I played football for a few years, and um, 
one day I was walking down the street and I tried to spit and I was like trying to look cool, but it like went all over me. And somebody, somebody actually said, Brennan, you're lucky that there's no girls in this school. <laughs> so you don't know how right your, uh, your theory is. I have a sick sense about these things. As yep. a, as a cis white Jewish man who never didn't really go to Hebrew school or anything like that. But I have a feeling, you know, that everything has a, a webbing to, you know, there, there's a, there's a, uh, cohesion that we understand each other in some ways so. absolutely uh so after that, that let's see that. yeah i went to film school uh, uh long island university at cw post campus <sighs> and uh the reason that, that was cool was because it wasn't a big school but i was able to learn on flatbeds and shoot on actual film it was <sighs> like the death of uh, film and the beginning of digital so my first yeah. two years at film school was actual film my second two years was essentially digital mm -hmm. and uh that was really really cool it was a cool time uh unfortunately i got harassed by a couple of the a couple of the the professors <laughs> oh really were, were they, <laughs> well let's let's put it this way I, I i so there was this class that i took and mm -hmm. it was advanced filmmaking and everybody's vying for four spots okay four okay. spots they're going to make four uh short movies in in two semesters the first semester was pre-production second semester was production mm -hmm. i was one of the people that they picked and uh, uh, that the class unanimously voted on these four scripts and mine was called professional ass for rent it, it, <laughs> it was a gross out comedy it was stupid it was basically about a guy that you can hire to do the dirty work for it was before the movie Dirty Work. I was about to say it sounded a lot like Norm Macdonald Dirty yes, Work. I think it was, <laughs> it was before Dirty Work, and uh, it was basically you could hire this guy to fuck up a wedding or whatever that kind of stuff. And um, I had this film professor there who I don't understand him. It, it was like other people in the class were making these Tarantino ripoffs where everybody's a, a hitman and they're killing themselves yeah. and they're witty dialogue their back and forth. Everybody's got to be. Yeah, everybody's talking about something, some yeah. cheeseburgers, and then they kill each other. Yeah. But there's a lot of violence and a lot of blood. So all, yeah. during that time, the first first semester and a half, I would get back the script in with red pen, but it was all the curse words and all the gross out stuff. And I said, well, that's what. I pitched, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it got so bad to a point where it was April and he hadn't approved my script. That's how long it took. And the oh, script man. I got back, he, he circled the word ass. That was the character's name. Okay. For months he knew this. So he was fucking with me. So he just <laughs> ass, 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 ass. So I flipped out. I went up to, I said, this is harassment. I'm not going to take this shit anymore. I don't care if you assistant edited Jaws three or whatever the hell you did. You're nothing to me. And, um, <laughs> He signed off on the script the next day. Yeah. So that was he's my just got to kick the ass of these guys who were just taking the Well, it was harassment. It was total harassment. And, and if I ever meet him and see him again, I'll tell him straight to his face again. Yeah, I don't want to say his name, but have, look up to Have us. you not seen him since film school, I assume? Damn. No way. <laughs> oh, we, if, we, if we saw each other, we might, you know, it's like it might be a, it, it might be an issue. Yeah. Uh. He's like, I edited Jaws 3. Yeah, well, I'm the music supervisor on The Last Drive In. Yeah, what the ah! fuck do you know about it, motherfucker? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Look how far I've come. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you, you worked in the worst Jaws since Jaws 4. <laughs> I'd, I'd actually re would rather watch Jaws 4 than Jaws 3, to tell you the ja truth. Jaws 3 is, um, you know, I guess this segues. I mean, this you, we've kind of caught up, and now we're kind of at the modern, in modern time right now. We're pretty much at the now. modern time. We skipped yeah. trauma. We skipped. But we we'll did. Get to trauma. We're, yeah, we're not gonna. It's not even important to be honest. <laughs> like, we're, I'm, I'm more, I'm more in, in, intrigued by this uh, 
3D, this this uh, third part in films uh, conversation we're about to have with, yeah. uh, you know, the 80s, you know, of course, everything was 3D, 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 or I guess, you know, something in three. You have Jaws 3D, you have Friday the 13th Part 3. Mm-hmm. i trying to think of some other threes. What are some other threes that were really big? You had uh, Am- uh, Amityville 3D. Yeah. Um, you had that one. Uh, damn, there's some other really shitty Part 3s. That we had. Oh, well, oh. there was actually some good part threes. There was. Uh, there were. Which I, you know what? I, I, Street Three is amazing. There was. Yeah. I prefer part four, but I, I know. Over, people, over Dream Warriors? Kind of sort of, because part four was where it really started to jump the shark. And yeah. Who was it? Rennie Harlan directed, I think, that yes. one. And it's so over the top and just weird. It is. It's ridiculous. It has the cockroach scene, which I just hold really dear to my heart, too. I'm like, that's my favorite set piece in all, the, in all of it. There was, I don't think there was any other set piece that was like, that's so creative and over the top and weird. I mean, yeah. of course, you know, part three, you know, you got welcome to primetime, bitch. And yeah. Like that. But to, to but, see, uh, the thing about three is that it's the actors are so good. Like, most yeah. of them are really good. Four, eh, it's, no, they, they kill off the best guy. They kill off Kincaid. Like, Kincaid should have been the dream master. He should have been. And they kind no of. No offense to, uh, what's her name, Wilcox, but uh, uh, yeah. she's great. But I think Kincaid should have at least survived to the end and helped the dream master. Yeah, and he just was like, no, sorry, dude. Yeah, kill him. Get he out was of the here. first. No, they shouldn't have killed him. He was the best. That was the thing. It was like the, the carryover from like three to four and stuff like that. I was like, oh, this is great. And it's like, nah. They kill everybody. <laughs> yeah. It's like, remember that movie you liked? Remember that movie you really liked? Yeah. Before, it's like Randy Harlan's like, nah. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna direct cliffhanger one day and you're really gonna forgive me for that. So I did yeah. Die Hard too, goddammit. So this is my second best movie. I wish I remembered there was a 3D movie I saw in the 80s. It was a uh, animated thing and it was a complete Star Wars knockoff, but it was really good. It was it was like a hand drawn animation. I, I, I wish I could remember. It was really really like not popular, but I remember for some reason. My parents took my brother and I to see it at a matinee, and I was like, this is the greatest shit I ever saw. 3D, baby. 3D. Captain I'll, I'll look it up. I'll see if I can find I don't, I don't want to be Googling right now. But. Yeah, you'll, you'll, we'll, 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 it will somehow pop into our minds. Yeah, or something like somehow. That at some some point. But, so, yeah, but that's enough for the 3D. You know, speaking of 3D, how come, how come Troma hasn't done a 3D movie? That is a great question. And you know what? Lloyd Talk Kaufman, to Uncle Lloyd. Let's, let's, he's, let's he's Lloyd up to Attention, everybody. He, so we just did Shakespeare's Shitstorm, hashtag yes. Shakespeare's Shitstorm, which mm-hmm. is Get it right. o- overwhelmingly positive reviews. It's, um, a, it's an experience, all right. <laughs> all right. Uh, but, but this is for all you aspiring filmmakers and screenwriters out there. Actually, Uncle Lloydie is looking for his next script, and he is open, unlike the Hollywood uh, devil-worshipping media conglomerates. Yeah. He has an open uh, submission policy where you could send him a script, and if he likes it, he'll make it. And that's not uh, untrue. He would, if he found a script he really liked, he would make it. So somebody write the Troma 3D movie. I'm about or to you, say you write the Troma this is, 3D This is like breaking news. As soon as this yeah. podcast is released, this is like... Nobody else has said this yet. This is coming from Satan's mouth to to God to God's mouth. feet. Yeah, John, yeah, John's feet. <laughs> Letting everybody know. Talk to Uncle Lloydy. He'll if do you it. Have something good out there, you know. He'll, he'll, and that's what I've always kind of admired about trauma. I mean, uh, I remember watching a lot of trauma films growing up. A lot of it I was watching on USA Networks way yeah. way back in the day. They would either have it on USA Up All Night or they would have it on uh, – oh, God, who, 
who's the Cinemax had a lot Showtime Cinemax would have a lot um but I remember specifically that you and this is before USA was like because USA went through I think two periods back in the day they used to always show all the movies like almost uncut and they had the 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 captain guy who was like always dressed in red white and blue his name escapes me right now but oh I don't remember my, my dad my dad would record this stuff all the time and he would always have these like little commercials. This was like pre up all night. Okay. All the other things too. I think this was maybe right around the era when Joe Bob was still doing stuff on um on um the movie uh, channel. On the movie channel on, TM- yeah. on TMC. So this was like this was before I was born. This was probably early eighties, maybe eighty three, eighty four, eighty five. Mm-hmm. And I remember they did one long this is this is how I got into trauma. Just watching, I think it was Toxic Avenger one, two, and three back to back to back on USA, oh, yeah. and my parents didn't really know I was watching it, but I was one. I was like, "This is great! This is fantastic! This this guy's <laughs> fucking killing these people!" And there's burritos and tacos and all sorts <laughs> yeah. of And he goes to Japan, and then he's beating up all his supervillains and Michael Jai White's in part three and everything like that. That's and right. It's like it's like people don't remember that. It's like Michael Jai White, respected actor, still respected actor. Got to start in trauma. Once in a while, people ask him how he got to start, and he'll say <laughs> trauma. So he's still grateful, I believe. I, he's no Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon's like, yeah, yeah. I did Diner <laughs> first. Diner was the first movie. Was, it's like, motherfucker, you were in goddamn Friday the 13th. Which is a weird one to disown because it's actually really good. And it's, he has, like, the best kill in it. Yeah, he has, he has like, the iconic kill. Like, probably the best, yeah. like, Tom Savini kill in the entire yeah. thing. Where it's like, Tom Savini had to do this to really work hard to get Kevin Bacon to die well. And he's like, yeah, yeah Kevin Bacon seems like a nice guy. But it's like, come on, dude. Own, own, own up to this. If Michael Jai White is open, owning up to Toxic Avenger Part 3, you know, like Kevin Bacon has to, too. Funnily um, enough, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio also owns up to his traumatize. He was in the first turn on. And I believe that was his first role or one of his first roles. And he's always, well, if somebody asks him about it, he'll, he'll answer. I find that to be like great when certain act, I mean, I don't know if it's like, it's like the trauma test. I feel where if you're, it seems like everybody's very proud to be in trauma films, but other films are people like, eh, well, whether really I'm not, not everyone, not everybody, <laughs> you know, you, you know, you some people much. regret it. I heard, uh, I won't say who, but I heard rumors that uh, somebody was out, at one point and uh somebody i know approached uh, his name is joe bob briggs he approached the person was like oh you were in blah 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 the trauma movie and they're like no that wasn't me that was and like seriously got weird about it but he knew it was them oh no <laughs> it's, it's like one of these things dude you were in the movie you're you're literally yeah, you, in the credits like just i saw you in the film you had a very prominent role you had a speaking role you weren't like you know at central casting where you're gonna get paid scale or something like that it's like you know you're in it you had a a credit (laughs) own it (laughs) own it everybody's got to own own their own own your past it's so much fun um so that's my beginning of trauma story obviously you're just getting out of film school this kind of leads back to you well but with trauma very similarly Mm -hmm. i saw um uh class of newcomb high Part two, mm-hmm. when I was like nine or ten on like Cinemax, and it blew my ever-loving mind. I'm talking about I never saw a movie like this. The 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 fact that it had blood and gore, but then it also had sex. It also had jokes. It had a a, a mutated squirrel that grows like Godzilla from radioactivity. I'm talking for a nine, ten year old. I'm like, this what is the best movie. You know, I loved it. So immediately went out 
to the video store, Toxic Avenger was not there. They, mm-hmm. I guess it was rented, but I got two and three of the Toxic Avenger. And I loved Troma ever since. So that's, that was that's my Troma origins, you know? I know. I like those. And even my buddy, who he wasn't even in the Troma at the time. I think this was when I was like in seventh or eighth grade. And I think Tromeo and Juliet had just come out to VHS. And he rented it. He didn't know anything about it being Troma or anything. And he would always be singing the song. He would always be singing, you know, Juliet and Tromeo. And then he would tell me about them. I had never seen it before. And he was like, what is this? Like, yeah, it's Romeo and Juliet, but it's like fucked up. I'm like, damn, I gotta watch this. (laughs) I have no no idea what this is all about. I love it. (laughs) But it's funny how people kind of get into it. And there's so many other movies that Troma's had their fingers into oh, yeah. everything from you know blood sucking freaks to you know beware children at play which is a film that we've we've we did an audio commentary on for the website oh cool yeah it was uh i wasn't on that one but my other two uh cohorts they watched that movie and they're like this movie is fucked up it's like well yeah it's a little fucked up <laughs> Oh yeah, that's that has the scene where he puts the gun in the kid's mouth, right? And he shoots. Yeah, amongst a lot of other things. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. (laughs) I mean, there's some really underrated trauma movies. Some of, I mean, they have a thousand or a thousand plus in the library, and um, you know, I'm gonna. Not all of it's great, but there are gems within. I mean, Vegas and Space, Mm -hmm. amazing movie. Uh, Night Beast is in there. Come on, give me a break. You got Redneck Zombies, which is really cool. And these are all the ones that aren't Uncle Lloydy movies. Yeah, these are just trauma under the, like even Mother's Day. I like Mother's Day a lot. Mother's Day is a classic. It's an actually great movie. Like It's a really cool slasher, just very, it's it's like true exploitation filth, but it's I don't know I I I, and I always remember the VHS walking through the horror horror section of the, of the video store always seeing the grandma in in the chair holding the, getting the box open with the head in it and her two <laughs> you don't even know who these guys are in the back it looks like something out of like a fucking nightmare or something out of Mad yeah. Max and it was always something I was like oh I don't really know if I want to, and this is me walking like as a seven or eight year old through the horror section yeah it's like I'll grab. Part of the 13 part six because that seems safe right now so <laughs> interesting tidbit about mother's day is that they shot simultaneously while friday the 13th was being shot right across the lake so there's that connection for the movie isn't that so weird dropping dropping trivia knowledge oh today. i know all this today, John. well i also have listened to lloyd uh, do about eight thousand podcasts so this is all lloyd <laughs> trivia that just i regurgitate what what is <sighs> Lloyd is an interesting guy because oh, you, yeah. you, you hear him in podcasts, you see him in interviews, um, you can see him doing the you know trauma ads and stuff like that too, like you know just being a complete oddball. It, it, is does life imitate art or does art imitate life with him? Like what is Lloyd he he... like? It I mean to you I guess because you you see him outward like his big personality, and then yeah. you see his wife and his wife is like so just. I don't I want to say normal, but compared to, you know, even though they've been, they've been working together with trauma, like, you know, for damn near forever, but it's like, you have Lloyd, who's the larger than life thing. And his wife is just like, so yeah, well, you know, Lloydy is fine. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's very, you know, there's a lot of shades to that, but, but the truth is Lloyd is himself on and off the screen. I mean, I worked at trauma for five years and I laughed every single day that I worked there. I mean, he is the, one of the funniest people I've ever encountered anywhere, anywhere. I mean, the guy is so fast. He's so sharp. He's smart. He's crazy. I mean, it's really great. He's a character. 
Um, but like you said, he also has the grounded family life, which is really interesting. He has three daughters, three very successful daughters. He has a, uh, his wife who was the New York State Film Commissioner mm -hmm. for, I think, 30-something years and was elected uh, or was retained under both Democratic and Republican governors. Uh, wrote legislation for the New York tax incentive, which brought all kinds of stuff to the state. Mm -hmm. She's she's a really, really, really uh, smart and a, a very interesting person. But then when she's with Lloyd, uh, she's like the Lloyd whisperer. <laughs> you see these old like uh, behind the scenes documentaries of trauma movies like Apocalypse Soon or mm -hmm. Hearts of Fartness or no, Farts of Darkness. Anyway, yeah, but they, you know- <laughs> <laughs> Eddie, every single Lloyd movie since I think Terra Firmer has had a behind the scenes full feature length documentary. Seek them out. They're film school in like a 10 hour course. Honestly, these are me up. What was the other one? Truth is Stranger than Chicken. It was a uh, oh, uh, pol poultry, poultry in motion. Okay, yeah, poultry poultry guys, so but the behind the scenes <laughs> is poultry in motion. Poultry. And uh, these are amazing. So anyway, I saw those before I ever made a movie with Lloyd and Lloyd is like ranting and raving and screaming and going nuts and just like, it looks like a terror. I produced two movies with Lloyd uh, and whenever Pat Kaufman was there, she, he would start to like, start to go nuts and she would be like, wait, Lloyd, let me explain something to you. Explain it. And they'd be like, you're right, you're right. And then just do what he had to do. So like <laughs> working with them, it was amazing because you got the best of Lloyd, the best of Pat. And mm -hmm. then, of course, when we did Shakespeare's Shitstorm, we had Justin Martell, who was also the producer of The Last Drive-In. Mm -hmm. So uh, Pat, Lloyd, Justin, and I became a really interesting team because uh, each of us have different strengths and uh, was able to do certain things that maybe the other one wouldn't have been able to do fast or slow or whatever it was. Yeah. And it just became this amazing team. So like you said, yeah, Pat. Kaufman is very interesting. Lloyd Kaufman is Uncle Lloydy. Mm -hmm. I would say like 50% of the time. And then he's just Lloyd Kaufman, the other half. And it's still amazing. And somewhere in the between, there's some there's a gray area maybe that resides the uh the, the genius of Uncle Lloydy and Lloyd Kaufman. <laughs> to me, the genius is always there. I'm I've yeah. I've never been um you know, one of those people was like, oh, it's too extreme or any of that. So I was, uh, I sort of got what Lloyd was trying to do, even as at a young age, because it, it's like living cartoons that he's making. It is. It's, it's like watching like a Mary Melody's thing or just something yeah. so over the top. And I mean, br bringing to, you know, hashtag Shakespeare shitstorm. I'm, I'm kind of interested because I mean, you being a producer, just me, producer and working with Lloyd, all kind of coming out of the last drive-in type thing. Yeah. What was the genesis of making this film out of you guys from the relationship you guys had built out of the last drive-in or? No. So, was, so we yeah. started with trauma first, okay. um, both Justin and I, Justin was Lloyd's assistant. He also came back years later and mm -hmm. was uh, the PR guy at trauma. Mm -hmm. So he had trauma experience. <clears throat> I came in at the tail end or actually right after Justin left. And um, I was first a volunteer editor and then I was uh, Lloyd's assistant for many years. And then I became his producer. So we started with trauma and then we sort of brought that uh, trauma. I don't want to say aesthetic, but like the work ethic mm -hmm. to where like, do it yourself, you know? do it yourself. Because yeah. we, we uh, for the first marathon for the last drive-in, we had a, a very small budget, but we mm -hmm. did it out of the passion and we wanted to, to, to make it as good as it could be for as little as it could be. And we, we used the trauma system to make that first marathon and it, and it, and it paid off because now we have an actual show. Yeah, I mean, you know, 
it's crazy was the first marathon where it's like it was yeah it, it it broke the internet in so many ways and and originally we were we were we thought or at least you know justin and matt um sort of thought that with the budget they were given they weren't going to be able to do that many movies mm-hmm. but with the, the the sort of like trauma spirit mm-hmm. they figured out you know what it doesn't matter how much money we have we're going to make this work and they did to their credit yeah. And partnering with Shutter, I'm, I'm sure, was helpful to get those licensing. It was a lot easier. But honestly, the movies are great on Last Drive-In. But I stick around and want to hear what Joe Bob has to say 99.9% of the time. Because most of these movies I've seen, I'm like, oh, I've seen that, I've seen this. It's like, yeah. I mean, w- with him being being in the industry for, damn, 40 years, you know, for, however long he's been as as long as i've watched you know movie channel or monster vision on tnt and everything like that he's always been this like constant specter and then he went away for a long time and i kind of for me it's like i i don't want to say i I outgrew joe bob but i kind of did because if i didn't see him it was like oh well i I remember him he's like i I always know who he is he's the redneck cowboy who knows shit ton about horror films and exploitation films and then Sure enough, when he was like, "Yeah, we're doing like you know twelve hour marathon." This stuff, I was like, "Oh wow, that's that's it's it's so it's got this nostalgia feel and like, damn, that's pretty cool." That kind of plucked him back up and said, "Like, hey," and the fact that he wanted to do just this the marathons and then yeah. even the series, it's like I'm sure he could have been like, "Look, man, I'm too old for this shit. I don't really want to fucking do this." No, nah, he so he <laughs> Joe Bob himself says many times he said. In between uh, Monster Vision and The Last Drive-In, he was approached by dozens, if not even hundreds of people who wanted to resurrect the show. And every single time he would say, yes, I'm in. And then mm-hmm. they would never get back to him. God <laughs> and the damn, first ghosting that, Joe Bob. That's they, they ghosted him. So the first person <laughs> that actually uh, did what he said he was going to do was Matt Mangerides, the, the person who approached Joe Bob and Shudder and brought the two worlds together. And he said, he's the only person who ever really followed through and look at what happened, you know, so that we could have had this in the early two thousands. I mean, whoever was approaching him, we could have, well, streaming wasn't there. Streaming. I it think wasn't there. Big, it wasn't quite there yet. It was yeah. like almost like pre, it was like the infancy of internet. It was still like, you know, 56 K dial up AOL bullshit. So <laughs> it was almost like the perfect timing to do this for it was everybody streaming everybody will pay for this and everybody though well, everybody else is in such a fucking nostalgia kick now too oh yeah like this oh, yeah. is why childhood i fucking want it so bad so it was perfect yeah synergy perfect for everything man and the way it's taken off and the way that people have shown up and him bringing people that he has worked with for so long and you know keeps a very small group it still seems and everything which is kind yeah. of good you know you don't have to bring so many people out and it's uh you know damn we we tangented to like we we had we took a like a hard left turn because we were about to go into like trauma and it was like <laughs> we're going into fucking last into driving the, right now hey you know it's it's like jazz whatever <laughs> it is it's like we're, just, we're, we're, we're playing to the music right now <laughs> but yeah i mean that's that that was the uh thing i guess the genesis of that was uh you asking me about was it the last driving that in yeah it, shitstorm like what what really inspired it was, the opposite. It, like, you know, it, was yeah. it was sort of the opposite it was like we had we had uh, although although wait I'm, I'm incorrect about some of the timeline was um we did the first marathon the, the right before we actually went into real production on shakespeare shitstorm like uh, oh. shooting so this but, uh, they were like happening three or four years ago still so. uh it was 2018 2018 okay so okay yeah a little over two years ago okay so it was, it was like right 
you know, we went into pre-production and, and then we were in pre-production and we sh- it was all like sort of intermingled. Uh, but as far as like the team getting together, a lot of people on the last drive and were trauma people previously. You guys had that aesthetic of just, we're, go- we're going to make this by hook or by crook and yeah. do, it, do it the trauma way um, and, and not make it, and not make it look cheap and still make it look like it used to look. I mean, there's the little pieces of love and, like just remembering what the trailer looks like and what yeah. the actual inside of the trailer looks like and everything. And also just the Easter eggs of, you know, monster vision past and, you know, uh, movie channel past and stuff like that has always been very, I don't know. I, I like that stuff. I'm just. Me too. I'm, you know, we nerd. have people on <laughs> there. I was uh, fascinated because Austin Jennings, the director is sort of like, a monster vision in fact even just joe bob in general historian he knows things where they'll be doing a bit and also be like wait a second in monster vision blah blah blah, 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 and then they'll work it out and they'll like make it work in the continuity of what monster vision had um and then he'll recall gags and all this stuff same thing with um like the set design he he works very closely with our set designer yuki nakamura Mm -hmm. who also started i met him because i interviewed him for shitstorm and then uh, he accepted shitstorm and then we had the last drive-in come up so we hired him for that so it was like it was like incestuous you know everybody's just weaving their webs within each other and everything and just, yeah <laughs> I, I love that it's like everybody's just sleeping with each other it's so super it was, sexy and everything hot i loved it, it. super hot like, oh, yuki came to me <laughs> on a very stormy uh thunder and lightning ridden rainy day oh. and um mm. he's never left my life since it was like the storm brought him in very sultry. <laughs> it was great. The guy walked in and I didn't have any expectations because I actually put a cra- uh, an ad on Craigslist to, to find somebody who could help us build a set or design a set. Mm-hmm. And um, Yuki answered and uh, he was one of like maybe 10. And I interviewed six mm-hmm. because they, they seem to have the, the goods. Yeah. And uh, Yuki by far was the most prepared, most professional, most interesting. He came in with a book this thick of just stuff that he had done for Lifetime, for independent films. Mm-hmm. In fact, some Hollywood films. The thing that sold me on him just as a person in general, I was looking through his book and, and, and there was a spaceship in there, like a circular spaceship with all mm-hmm. these contraptions. And I was like, what's that? And he said, I built a spaceship. And I was like, <laughs> what? And he told me how he had based it on the concept from Inception with the room spinning and all this. So yeah. he studied what they did in inception and built a miniature of that so that they could have a spinning spaceship in this independent feature i was like this is a man i want to know for the rest of my life <laughs> yeah. he's he's good company to keep you know, he is and he's don't, my don't roommate. That guy <laughs> oh no, i will never yeah he's he i him and i when we uh when we shoot in dallas we're roommates and it's a symphony of snoring <laughs> You guys both back sleepers, or you snore no matter what type. Well, I end up sometimes on my back and I snore, but when I'm on my side. But what was funny is like he comes up to me after the first day or two, and he goes, "I snore, but you snore." (laughs) I can imagine. I'm visualizing him saying that right now. Yeah, and I was like, "Dude, you you should hear yourself." It's like uh, it's like Beethoven. (laughs) It's a symphony of symphony of snoring. Symphony of snoring. It's perfect. Yeah. But he's great. He's one of my favorite people, and uh, I just have a great time. And he's very knowledgeable about film. I mean, the guy could talk uh, Kurosawa with you, or he could talk Fellini, or then he could talk, uh, you know, Chris Nolan. Like, the guy is a a film 
student. He's a student. He's a student of just film. And yeah. I mean, like you said, I mean, he's bringing in a book that big, and he's worked that on big. everything. And you know, oh. just he 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 lives for the industry in, in so many ways. Yep. Now, um, last drive, and you 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 do a lot of the music for it. Mm-hmm. Um, the theme song is always just a lot of fun. Um, what's the genesis of just like the theme song that like, what were you, I mean, it's, it's sing songy, it's fun, it's goofy, it's got minimal amount of lyrics, but uh, I don't know. How, how did you think of just like that theme song? Like, how did you, did, did you, yeah. did you go through a lot of different ways to do that? Or were you like, we're going to do like this old, it's like, it's not even country music. It's like hillbilly like I can't even I, I can't even like uh, tell you what genre it is because but it's catchy and sing songy and everything it's fun. Like, uh, well, I'll tell you exactly what it was. So, um, it's a Muppets song. It's a song that the Muppets. I wanted the Muppets to sing. So now I now I can see that now that now that you're talking about them. Like I can see the Muppets singing this like the, on the Muppet show or because when like when they asked me to do it, um, it wasn't guaranteed that I would get the spot. Uh, because mm-hmm. just you know Justin and Matt knew that I had done a lot of home recording and I had mm-hmm. written a, a knockoff of Goodbye Horses uh, by Q Lazarus <laughs> for Return to Newcomb High in a scene where Lloyd tucks his dick. He tucks his dick, okay. No spoilers, but it happens <laughs> that if you want to see that, it's amazing. He does a Silence of the Lambs parody. Um, I so hard. He does it. He does the whole thing. It's, <laughs> it's one of the best things I've ever seen. Uh, we'll get, well, I'll go back to that story later because there's a great story about filming that. But um, so what happened was they said, take a stab at it. Can you get a demo to us? You know, and I said, absolutely. So that night I went home and I started thinking in my head, what would be a great opening? And I thought um, if, if Joe Bob is returning to town uh, to the drive-in and right next to the drive-in is a cemetery where all of these like Muppet-like zombies, werewolves, ghouls, ghosts, mummies, you know, the, the whole gamut of yeah. monsters are singing Hey, everybody, have you heard the news? And Joe Bob's like pulling in, getting his lawn chair ready and all that. So I wrote the song very fast. I wrote the song in like two hours. And then I recorded it that night, uh, a quick demo, sent it in the next morning. Matt, uh, you know, after he heard it, he goes, there's something to this. Let me send it to the team. Uh, I sent it to the team. I got a call that evening from uh, uh, Austin Jennings, who's the director. Mm -hmm. He's like, I love this so much. Can you do this, 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 and this to it? Which was basically like, can you add a road organ? Can you add a fiddle? Can you do that? You know, a slide guitar. Yeah. I was like, absolutely. I could do all those things. And for almost $0. And he <laughs> said, great. That's the theme song. And I was like, Oh my God. Like in less than 48 hours. Song. Yeah. I was like, I couldn't believe it. I actually got the theme song. So it was like, it was seriously one of those things where, I mean, I've struggled pretty hard for a lot of stuff uh, mm. as far as the, in the entertainment industry. I've given away a lot of free time. I've mm. done a lot of free work, volunteer, which I'd never complained. Yep. But finally, something happened so quickly. And it was like, Eureka, you know? And uh, It's fire. I couldn't believe I it. Fire. <laughs> exactly. I was almost like, they're going to take it away. Something's going to happen. But here we are years later, or two years later, and it's still going. It's uh, the, the, watching the um, the shows on the Friday. Uh, it's the one thing I kind of like really look forward to. I'm like, this song is like so fun and it's goofy and it, there's something about it that's like, it's wholesome. 
and to your point about being kind of like Muppety in, in well, so many ways. You, you know, know um, the Muppet movie, right? The original mm-hmm. one with yeah. like uh, Rainbow Connection, all that. Yeah. Paul Williams co-wrote a lot of that music. And the song that I now realized with this Joe Bob stuff, and just looking back at the songs that I've written, Paul Williams and that Muppet music has informed almost every single thing I've ever done. And I didn't know it until I actually watched Phantom of the Paradise, um, which oh. is Paul Williams stars. Yeah. In. And I'm watching it. And I'm like, he, he did. He also did the Muppet movie. And then I started listening to his other music. And I, I just inadvertently, he it's just because I watched that movie and loved his music as a kid has has it's informed almost every single piece of music i've ever written so if i ever meet him i gotta thank him you know he's, he's out there somewhere he might I, he might oh, not he's be around listening. he's around somewhere he might not be listening to this uh podcast or he's the president of ascap so he's oh, doing well he's listening to everything he's literally listening to everything right now <laughs> he's, he's listening he's got, right now it's like are they using anybody's songs yeah oh they mentioned <laughs> i heard they mentioned paul williams okay <laughs> He's like somehow he's in he's in in the Zoom meeting. We don't even nobody's here or something like that. Yeah, like you, you bring up Muppet, uh, Muppet movie. I'm more of a great Muppet caper type. Oh, guy. I love it too. I mean, I love it too. Happiness Hotel and things like that are like my. I think the Happiness Hotel is probably my favorite Muppet song. It's there's so some, good. There's something about it that just it's again just I don't know. It's nostalgia and you know Ralph piano solo and then have like you know the entire band getting their sax solo and every other solo on and everything like that. And just, yeah. I want to stay in the happiness hotel. It seemed like a good, good spot. Me too. I want to I, jump. I, I, I want to jump in the taxi with Beauregard and have him drive me to the fucking happiness <laughs> hotel and hang out with, with everybody there. You know, I had to, everybody hanging out at the same time. It was great. It, it, to be a Muppet. Uh, I, I, that's like my dream. Are you a man or a Muppet? Are yeah, exactly. A uh, a I was like, I'm a Muppet, man. I wouldn't choose to be a man. You kidding being a man's be, tough. Be, yeah being a man is like you know being a person is tough being a muppet's easy everybody loves a muppet yeah, you, have, you can, you met, have you ever met anybody who's like ah oh, fuck the muppets uh, i haven't not, met, uh, no that's a good that's a good point nobody's ever said like i can't stand the muppets the muppets suck <laughs> yeah. like, ugh, god like people will say like the people in the muppet movies suck but they won't say that a right sucks. So it's like, right and charles grove was real cock it's like yeah he was but all the muppets are gold the muppets are great yeah <laughs> i love them I, and, and the third even the third one's good all oh, either christmas carol they they, they oh, did yeah, some great Mupp- shit Mupp- I, uh what's the other one the uh when they, they did the mashup when it was like fraggle rock muppets and uh, sesame street it was the it was like a abc like made for tv like special and they go to the house out follow that the, bird it wasn't follow that bird it uh. was when it was like they're going to Fozzie's aunt's house or grandmother's house, and they're all staying there. They're like, hey, watch that first step, and they're all slipping on the uh, on the ice patch and everything. And it has oh, the yeah, I don't know which one that is, but it has the guy with the dog, uh-huh. and then they and then uh, Kermit and his kid nephew, whatever I don't know, was, and then uh, they go yeah. down and they go to Fraggle Rock, and they're like, hey, we're oh, wow. the Fraggles, and then they go up, and they have a song called Pass It On. And it's a it really, was a crossover. I gotta look this yeah, up. Maybe this, it's on Disney Plus. They have a lot of the Muppets. It might. It was either on Disney Plus. I mean, I, my dad recorded this like fucking forever ago, and I used to watch it all the time. I watched that in the Christmas, uh, the Christmas toy all the time. It was like back to back. I used to watch that. Nice was old Muppet stuff. But yeah, that's the ultimate crossover for anybody who's looking for like the ultimate Muppet crossover that has like Sesame Street. Me, I'm everything. Looking. It's got <laughs> Fraggle Rock. This. It's got goddamn everything in it. <laughs> It's got a subplot where the Swedish chef wants to cook Big Bird. It's fucking sick. It's oh, crazy. That's awesome. Yeah, and they sing a song and they 
are brought closer together. So it's uh, hell yeah, it's wholesome as shit. It's so goddamn good. Uh, So yeah, Muppets unite us. No matter what, I don't care what it is. That was the inspiration. Jim Henson unites us. It all starts with old Jimmy Jimmy H. Well, you know, my dad has a beautiful story about um, Jim Henson. He, my father, used to be a cab driver, and um, it was back when I was really young, and I was probably watching the first uh, couple of Muppet movies. I was Mm -hmm. maybe like three or four, and he drove. Oh, no, sorry. He was not a cab driver, a limo driver. So he would get like, you know, obviously, who knows, maybe, maybe he would have taken a cab, but it was a limo (laughs) to take him to the airport. And um, uh, he, Jim Henson was just very talkative and he he, like engaged my dad. And so they had a long, long conversation, just like really meandering. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, through it, he said, my son loves your stuff. Uh, And um, he, uh, Jim Henson, uh, and actually sang Rainbow Connection in Kermit's voice to my father. And I get oh, a little man. choked up thinking about that, <laughs> that, that like, that like, he, it was because I loved it that Jim Henson like gave my dad this beautiful moment. My dad's like, it was like the nicest man I've ever met. It's, you like, know? You, it's like, you should have been there. It's like, well, if I have, do you have the memory at least of him oh, doing that? I have the and, memory. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, that's a pretty, that's a pretty beautiful, beautiful it's thing. It's really cool. And what a, what a generous guy. Like he didn't have to, he didn't have to do that. And my dad was even like, like, I didn't ask him to do it. He just like he started singing Rainbow Connection thing. in Kermit's voice. Yeah. <laughs> like, you'll never have that moment ever. No. Nope. How many people have that moment in their entire life? You know, nobody. And he could have been like, oh, you're the little driver. Yeah. He also has another story where, where he was a cab driver and this uh, Hasidic Jewish man uh, asked him to fuck him in the ass. And he like flipped out and said, no. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. So he got like the clean version and then he got the, the really most wholesome version. shit. And then he just got this like, like the, the acidic Jew from like Bed Star or something like that. It's like, you know, yeah. hey, boy, check. Fuck me in the ass here. He said, like, he, he was like, he said, he said, it matter of fact, he's like, would you like to fuck me in the ass? And my dad's like, no, you know, no. like, <laughs> just put the blanket up or something like that. It's fine. You know? I mean, with the blanket, I'd do it. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's that. That's that. Uh, the the the. I'm, I'm trying to think of the word right now. What, the, what are the words? Well, I can't. I don't have words. I I can't. I can't explain this monosyllabically, syllabically <laughs> enough to like understand what just went on. Where we had this Jim Henson moment to this obviously very horny Jewish man. Yeah. You know, and speaking for, as a horny Jewish man myself, I I, I completely understand. So yeah. um yeah. <laughs> Cab drivers in New York, they, they, tax, they that's, go that's, through it. That's the OG taxi cab confession right there. That's like before HBO was on that shit. Oh, like, you know, whoever that thought of that camera. What a genius! Whoever thought of taxi cab confessions. I used to, I used to love it. So did I. I, I thought it. it was like the most entertaining. There, there were some stories that were like super, like oh, this is fucking depressing. Like, yeah, of course. Obviously, have like mental issues. Yeah. And then the other ones are like. Oh, I'm gonna suck Hilarious. this. I'm gonna suck this guy's dick, or you know, we throw it. <laughs> God damn! It's like, man, I'm. A, I've never been in a cab this this fucking hot. Yeah, right. <laughs> or I want to be a taxi driver. This is the fucking shit. <laughs> and they're just driving along, and, and the car's like, oh, so tell me more. Yeah, yeah, oh. give me more dirt. I'm a- oh, giant assholes, huh? <laughs> mm, yeah. Well, it's like, why do they? Why do they look at clean? It's like, well, it's like, oh, <laughs> it's like these these. It's like a, a psychological experiment there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 
So. Everyday life now, though, is like taxi cab confessions, so it's not really that uh, But it's not as funny, anymore. though. It's not at all. No, <laughs> it's, no. <laughs> it's nowhere as funny as taxi cab confessions. Like, people are trying to relive those moments of like that, and it's like, it's never going to happen. It's fucked up. Yep. So speaking of, uh, I, I brought up uh, giant assholes. Um, yeah. So we'll talk about Shakespeare shitstorm now. If that's Great. The, the ultimate segue right there. It was poop. beautiful. <laughs> oh yeah, a lot of shit. A lot of poop. Um, and you know, dabbling into the you know, the second time that you know Lloyd and Troma's done Shakespeare and stuff. Yes. Like that. Um, how <laughs> how did you guys land on the Tempest as being a? You, you had all these other, you know, you could have done everything else, but Tempest was the one. And you guys work so much shit. No, in literally and met- metaphorically, of course, you know, yeah. no, no pun intended. Um, I mean, you're you're in the film as like pretty much like the James Lipton fucking knockoff yeah. and shit like that. <laughs> and um, I think Lloyd's just taking the piss out of the whole thing. I, I do like the you know anybody who hasn't seen the film yet. I don't think a lot of people have seen it yet, just because it, it premiered at Fantasia and everything. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I wish I was. I mean. The thing about film festivals, I wish they were live and everybody could like, oh, hang out and watch them. Um, I mean, I was, <laughs> I was sitting on my laptop just fucking watching this. I'm like, oh, this fucking movie is wild. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I can't wait to see it with an audience. I really can't. It, it, it's insane. It's fun, and um, I mean, you have a major, major part in it as producer and acting in it. And what, what was it like, kind of shooting a film like that where you guys? Basically, you don't pull any punches. You're like, well, fuck everything that's going on right now. We are going to go straight in on this. And the trauma way is like, well, don't yeah. really give a fuck so much about what people think, to be honest. And, and you know, everything, you know, everybody knows, you know, tra- traumas, toxic avenger and stuff like that. But, you know, poultry guys was kind of still like gaggy and silly and everything like that. Maybe taking on, you know, big food and big chicken and stuff like that. But then you have this film where it's like, we're fucking taking on the goddamn worlds unapolog- unapologetically. You know, were, yeah. were, there, were, were there any reservations from you or anybody like, oh, I don't know about this, but fuck it, we're going to do it anyway type thing? No, I, I was all the way in from the very beginning. Lloyd has wanted to do The Tempest since uh, Tromeo and Juliet. Oh, yeah. He actually would have done probably The Tempest back then if he was old enough because he sort of relates to Prospero. Obviously, mm-hmm. he played him and um, the sister uh, in the movie, but he relates to Prospero at this point in his life as like sort of a, 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 a magician that's losing his power. It's coming to the end of his days. Yeah. And it's sort of reconciling with that and what that all means to him. So Lloyd was able to take on the role of Prospero, direct this movie and sort of make a statement using Shakespeare's play and the themes of Shakespeare's play about where, where he, what he feels about his career at this point in time. And if it's his last statement on film, then he's happy that that is what's out there. Yes. So that's sort of like where it came to be. And I was Lloyd's assistant at the time. And we had just, I had produced about 50%, 60% of Return to Newcomb High volume two, Mm -hmm. because they had shot, the the first you know the like the all the regular stuff in it and then we had to do all these pickups blah 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 whatever yeah so i did that movie and i was sort of starting to get ready to move on uh from trauma and get another job or just try to find you know do my own stuff because Mm -hmm. i want to write and direct as well um but lloyd said very early on he said i I have the tempest i want to do the tempest and i want you to produce it you're the guy i want to like 
begin this with? And yeah. I was like, oh my God, uh, Lloyd Kaufman asked me to stay. I got to stay. <laughs> so we took a very long time to develop it. We, we, we interviewed a ton of writers. Um, but then finally we, we landed upon this guy, Brandon Bassham, who had uh, produ produced and directed and written two independent movies that Troma distributed, The Slashing and Fear Town USA. Mm -hmm. And now these movies are, he was, he was a sketch uh, comedy teacher at the Upright Citizens Brigade. The guy is just like a really, really great comedy writer. And based on like anybody out there who can, can spare an hour and a half, go watch Fear Town USA. It's like the naked gun of horror spoofs. It's, <laughs> to me, it's hilarious. So um, I suggested Bassham to Lloyd and Lloyd's like, I think, yeah, Fear Town's funny. Let's talk to him. And um, Lloyd was at the time toying and conjuring up with themes besides just the Shakespeare themes he wanted to do. And he had landed upon Big Pharma. He wanted to make a statement against Big Pharma and the opioid mm. uh, addiction and how they continue to poison America. Yep. And, um, and then Lloyd also, at, uh, around that time, he got into sort of a Twitter war with some people who went after him because he... Uh, I don't want to say exactly the whole thing because yeah. it's a very long, complicated situation and there's no nuance anymore. So people hear you say one sentence. Yeah, it's and black and white. It's like, it's all black and white. Up. Yeah. So basically what was happening is Lloyd defended somebody that people were accusing of wrongdoing. Mm -hmm. And Lloyd said, whatever happened to due process, that was his point. Okay. Yeah. Whatever happened to due process. Now it was unfortunate that in the time that he took to make that tweet, five other women came out in like that like 15 minutes yeah, were like, like, well, yeah. so then yeah. lloyd was obviously um you know between a rock and a hard place because he still believes in due process yeah. but um you know then you have the whole thing about believe all victims so mm -hmm. it, it's a, it's a really rocky area so lloyd stuck by his guns and be, it be, stuck to his guns and basically was like i believe in due process you know, even if people are saying things about somebody, blah, blah, blah. So we, it became like this whole thing at Troma where people were attacking the company and uh, Michael Hers and Troma and Lloyd had to put out like a statement basically mm -hmm. saying like, if you're going to try to cancel Lloyd Kaufman, it's ridiculous. This was also before cancel culture. It was like right yeah. at the dawn of like the Me Too stuff. This, this is like, yeah, probably like right at the dawn of like the Weinstein shit. Exactly. It was right all, around all Weinstein. Stuff. Yeah. So, so the, that all happened to Lloyd and, um, you know, it died down. And it's like, you're going to go after somebody like Lloyd. Lloyd's been saying what's on his mind for years, and you're going to try and cancel him. Like, some scum fuck, I forgot his name, uh, some critic was like, he put out this tweet like, uh, oh, I love Victor Salva, Lloyd Kaufman, any minute probably. Like, are you kidding me? Are you it's, that it's, like... It's a, it's a completely different thing. It doesn't have anything Victor to do Salva with it. And he, and was like the, he was like the ringleader yeah. of like getting people like, fuck trauma. So, but fuck that guy, you know? He's, yeah. he, he's like a... He's just some sort of a scumbag who goes around and just like jumps into every controversy. So yeah. I, I, I stand behind Lloyd Coffin because he's an artist. And even if I don't always agree with every single thing he says, I agree with his right to say it. Yeah. So that became a theme that he wanted to uh, incorporate. Mm -hmm. And uh, similarly, Brandon Bassham going through the Upright Citizen Brigade stuff had just had a lot of opinions about the way that people would come into the comedy scene and yeah. basically students would dictate what everybody was able to write. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which so is, they, I never thought the up, like UCB would be anything like that because no one oh, who, who's come out of that, 
I took it's classes kind of like there. Things, you know? I took classes there, and there were some fucking prudes who would ruin the whole oh, class. I, I, they're always going to get, and, they, and they're not the ones that are listed on the website for like, you know, these are the yeah. success stories of, right, you get, of well, UCB you know what, and stuff. You know what you somebody know? told me a note that I got at UCB was I wrote a sketch where a, an orgy happens off screen. They just reference an orgy. And this girl said, there's a rule in sketch comedy. She said, it's as bad as bringing Hitler out on stage if you include an orgy. And I was like, did you just uh, equate group sex with the man who caused the Holocaust? Are you yeah. fucked in the head? I might, I might, yeah, I might have a, I might raise my hand and be like, well, that's kind of a stretch. But, that's uh, a huge stretch. The, the, the one does not equate <laughs> to the other. This, no, these are things that don't It's equate. mutually exclusive. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So, but these are the mentalities that people, uh, to me, are starting to take everything and put it, mash it into a ball mm -hmm. so that there's no like little pieces of, of things that we could examine on their own. It all has to be in one ball. And I, I don't agree with that at all. So that was sort of where we came into the, the social media and um, social justice warrior aspect of it. And yeah. to me, there are jokes of the movie I don't agree with, but you know what? They're there because some people might agree with them and some people need to fucking realize that they're yeah. not uh, uh, the end all be all. Yeah. Of, of of taste of good taste or bad taste i mean good good and bad taste isn't uh, as always the the eye of the beholder and everything like that it's like you're yeah. not gonna like to your point you're you, in watching the film I, i've seen it twice and it's like there, there's some scenes where i'm like oh okay you know yeah, 100 percent on that I, I made the you know like, it, oh. it, yeah, it's like <laughs> so it's like you know it's like oh fuck you know uh, okay well get ready for the blowback on that and everything it's it's, it's yeah but inevitably there's going to be some blowback on on, on anything. anything you do. No, no, nobody, it, it is impossible. I was talking talking about this with other guys on the podcast when we recorded last night. It is impossible to make a film for everybody. You cannot make something cannot. for everybody. It, There's it, no it, such thing as four quadrant. It's, yeah, it's impossible. I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's not. It's, it's never going to happen. As much as you want to make it for, somebody will find a way that they're not, you know, either not represented or not it doesn't equate out to what their beliefs are or this or that it's like you know what then pack it up and stop making fucking movies at this point you know yeah. it's like as, as you i don't know i don't know what the answer is and i, I like it's how there's guys, no answer other than you you and i and everybody who doesn't yeah. want to cancel people just keep making things and let those people have their uh flip outs because in five minutes they're going to find something else to flip yeah. about and they'll forget about you so it's the fucking it. internet the internet was the internet has been created for everybody to have an opinion and the opinion is most of the time well i don't like it it's like well yeah Good fucking luck, bro. Yeah, that's it. And you know what? Good, good fucking luck for whoever you know, whoever you might be. It's like, well, you know, maybe this isn't for you. I think that the solution to me, as far as like what people do and don't like, is that just give more. We have so many opportunities for people to make movies now. Give everyone yeah. the opportunity. I agree mm -hmm. with diversity. I agree with bringing out people who haven't had the same amount of say as uh, cis white men or whatever. Bring mm -hmm. it. Make those movies. But I don't think that we need to bury the movies that came before to prove a point. I think we no. need to keep those sort of things out there so that we can watch them and understand what it was like at the yeah. time and move forward. Yeah. Give me the, the, all the movies. I love movies. I want to watch movies about every point of view. Yeah. I mean, yes. if, if you're using it as an example for something, it's like it, it's perfectly feasible. And uh, I mean, the what the Gone, Gone with the Wind contra controversy that was a few months ago. Yeah, where they took it away, then they put it back in. But they, I like the intro. The what she I did mean, was great. I think that's fine. You're using yeah. it in, in the reference. Like, look, this is the movie was made in the 30s. 
this is what the representation was in the 30s. And yeah. you think about it, it's only like 70, you know, 70 years coming off of like, you know, Civil War and, you know, antebellum and everything like that too. So it's like, look, it's, it's a product of the time. I mean, uh, the supporting actress, who, the, the name eludes me right now, she was sitting in a fucking separate section because she happened to be black during it's the Academy disgusting. Awards. It's like, that, that's something that really happened and people bring that up, but they don't bring it up and they're more pissed off about the, how the movie existed instead of what was happening in real life. Yeah. The fucking movie is not real life. This is something that was created by, who is it, David O. whoever was the fucking producer, you know, big producer. Selznick. So, so David O. Selznick, whoever the fuck, you know, some guy, some white guy. And, you know, he made the movie and it's like, I'm, I'm upset about this film. It's like, yeah, but think about it. She won the Academy Award and was... She was, grant, she was granted the right to be able to sit with fucking white people at the time. It's like, that's the fucking disgusting grossness of the whole thing. It's like, Absolutely. this fucking movie, that was, it's, it's an act of fiction. Yeah. Mark Gable's not real, everybody, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, but see, see how, like, Rocky, even this, just this conversation, it's like, th these things need to be discussed. A lot of people who want to um, talk about these things don't want to have a discussion. They just want to tell you what they think. If you have a different, different an opinion, opinion I don't agree. then, then you, they, you're done. You're canceled. This movie, Shakespeare's Shitstorm, is a conversation. We made very sure that point of views were represented from all over the place. I heard some douchebag say, like, it looks like it's going to be all right, man. It's like, dude, if you think trauma's all right, then you just are fucking, you have mental man. issues. <laughs> trauma alt right out of the, like, one of the, one of the bluest sections of the entire uh, fucking uh, living of, of America. And Lloyd Kaufman, yeah. uh, the, the furthest away I feel like from being a, uh, alt writer <laughs> it's ridiculous so but lloyd and and i and brandon and pat kaufman um had went through very very uh, a long process to write this script brandon would uh, submit drafts and then we would have writers rooms we would have very diverse writers rooms where mm -hmm. people would come and we would read the script out loud and people then would offer jokes or notes or uh suggestions uh, we did that two or three times at the Troma office. And then we had a live reading at the People's Improv Theater, this comedy club in New York City. And uh, that was more of a proper thing. And then we gave the audience um, uh, survey cards where they wrote their thoughts. They said, what did you think about this part, that part? And so we, we shaped this thing to be very, very even handed. Mm -hmm. um, there's, it's not leaning to one side or the other. And anybody who there, I've seen people on Twitter misrepresent jokes and I go after them because I'm not going to have that. If you want to misrepresent the joke, th then that's, you're trying to stir trouble. That's not there. Yeah. Uh, you know, they were just like misquoted or say that there was this, that uh, derided black, black lives matter. It's, it's fucking, it's, that's farcical. It doesn't happen. Yeah. It doesn't happen just because you say the words black lives matter. It doesn't mean that you're deriding it. So yeah. anybody out there that's like sort of misrepresenting what's in the movie, I'm very vocal about that, about going after that. Yeah. And it, it touches on so many subjects and it, I mean, it is, it, but it's purposely, and I think in a lot of ways it's, it's clever and smart, but it is touchy. I mean, you it's want touchy, to start, yeah. You, yeah, you want it to be touchy. But you you also want yeah. it to be like you know, look, you know, what what the classic saying: if you can't fucking laugh at yourself, like get 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 the fuck out of here. I mean, and, and granted, I mean, it could just be a sign of the times. Everybody's so fucking tense. Everybody's yeah. in a ball of stress mm -hmm. all the time. And uh, you're out in it. I'm out in it. We see it all the time. I'm sure you see it in you know New York. I'm in Nashville. Yeah. I see it all around downtown. I see it in people that I see all the time. It's like people are like, 
they're, they're, yeah. they're wound up and, and I don't Clenched. know. Yeah, that's the tightest butthole you can ever imagine. You know, it's like, like what's Ferris Bueller say? It's the like new TB. Yeah. Tuberculosis. Now we got tight buttholes. Yeah, tight butthole. <laughs> we got the new TB. The TB of 2020. <laughs> the tightest butthole. Nothing can get through this butthole. There's no filter on this asshole. Well, to so, me, the, you know what the most uh, disappointing thing would be is if you went to see a Lloyd Kaufman film and it wasn't evocative. It didn't or provocative and it didn't make you mm-hmm. at some points like recoil or other parts be like i can't believe they did that or you know yeah. that's what you want out of a lloyd kaufman trauma movie mm. you you want it to be i mean that's what it's that's what it's been since toxic avenger even even toxic, before even before yeah. that even yeah. the stuff that you know when it wasn't the sexy toxic, comedies they yeah, were the sexy comedies pre- yeah they predated porkies yeah and, and they were you know they, they were some pretty good TNA flicks, I must say. Yeah, they were. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I mean, can can you make these? Can you make the same thing these days? Probably no. It will get shut down right away. It's like it's a, it's a yeah. different era. It's you know, 35, 40 years ago. It's like, look, yeah. you know, different time, different era. I mean, if you don't want to watch it, cool. But Just it's something that it. still exists in the in the scope of things that have been created and made. I mean, yeah. Do, do people learn and go like, okay, well, that's unacceptable. We'll move on and. We'll do something more fucked up and get you pissed off about it later on and everything like that too. So it's, it's a, it's a never ending uh, echo chamber of yelling and screaming and gnashing of teeth. And to our point, not everybody is going to like it. I mean, <laughs> they if, should if, still if, watch it because I, I also, it, I appreciate the negative, re- like if a negative review is well thought out and well written, and uh and makes good points then i'm fine with it but when there's people who attack it just basically like trauma sucks man Lloyd Kaufman sucks, oh, man. Those, you know, that kind of stuff it's like shh, just shut the fuck up and get over yourself yeah. you suck too look at yeah. the way you write <laughs> you look it up it's like oh this guy's this guy just joined social media the other day and oh god yeah obviously he knows what he's talking about he really knows <laughs> he's been retweeting all goddamn day this guy really knows what's <laughs> happening it's like yeah, but it's it's the the, the benefits, the catch twenty two of the internet. You're gonna get lauding reviews like this is great, this is genius, this is hilarious, and then you're gonna get the the common troll who just wants to say something, and maybe he'll get some breath of fresh air, and somebody go like, "No, from you." It's like, "No, dude, fuck you, you suck." It's like, "Ah, John responded to me, got him." It's like, "Ah, oh, goddamn it." Well, it's so funny. There's a, <laughs> there's a guy on um, Letterboxd, and actually Lloyd did an interview with him. He's uh, – I won't say his name, just I don't want to start trouble. But he, the dude gave uh, Shakespeare's Shitstorm two stars, fine. Mm-hmm. But he did it under the guise of ten different accounts. I know they're all him. I can see that, that they're him. Oh, boy. And it's That's... like, dude, you, you seriously – like Lloyd gave you the time – uh, uh, for an interview and stuff so instead of just giving him a two-star review on your main account you went and you made mm-hmm. shill accounts to give this thing two stars like what the fuck is wrong just, with to, just to drive it down and everything like that it's like yeah like on. how do you have the time to seriously go and make shill accounts to to bring things down in ratings like is that really what you do with your life yes this is what they do <laughs> this is Christ, the, 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 the 4chan mentality and everything else the uh the internet troll mentality i'm sure we're gonna get all sorts, sorts of shit now from 4chan Fuck like, em. Like, I, ah, I, ah. I had to battle because of trauma i had to battle uh, uh psychotic pizzagate morons oh. 
who thought the trauma was the had something to do with trauma. the Pizzagate. God, well, yeah. yeah, it was. They said it was an offshoot. Tr- that trauma entertainment, the headquarters, was an offshoot of Comet Ping Pong or Comet Pizza, whatever it was called. Wherever, and, the, sec- wherever the sex dungeon was. Yeah, wherever the sex dungeon was, and that <laughs> that trauma entertainment was where they were hiding the children. So I had to deal with all this shit. Like I just, it's 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 the the amount of people out there who are inventing things to do. Just whatever happened to just like hanging out and smoking a joint and laughing with friends that does not happen anymore <laughs> the, the, the summer of love is over my friend there ain't no summer of love. Here, <laughs> summer of love stuck in 67 the no. summer of fucking is happening right now it's not love anymore it's just fucking it's just fucking oh i don't mind that but yeah. um i guess even the just summer being fucked with do people just hang out with friends and laugh i hope they do i do i hope <sighs> they're out there it's it's all right good i, mean, it, I don't know where they are i'd love to laugh with them so would i i mean it, it was a much much easier time when we can just uh get drunk or get stoned and just fucking hang out and have a conversation Chill. about fucking nothing and then yeah. you know what and, and, and disagree and be like uh oh, you know make some jokes in, in the disagreement and it's over this disagreeing is fucking i don't know turn on a fucking trauma movie i, I remember being being Back in the day, this is back when I used to smoke weed, uh, getting stoned and saying, we're going to watch fucking Toxic Avenger. And this is, <laughs> yeah. this is, my, this is my same buddy. It's a good who, weed movie. It's, it's something it, I'm watching. I'm like, oh, what the fuck is going on? I think, I think we had double featured it. We, I think we had watched that. And then we were like, whoa, this is fucking weird. And then we watched, I think, Antichrist after that, which may not oh! be high too. <laughs> I was like, Whoa, what the fuck's going on? I remember vividly watching Antichrist and like, there's a scene where there's like something on the screen. I'm like, like, oh, I can't. That's get a that strange right double feature. Man. I don't know why. I think it was just kind of like, oh, what else do you want to watch? Because we're like, oh, well, we're not tired. Okay, Truthfully, we watched that I, and everything. So maybe if you reversed it, like Antichrist first, then the Toxic Avenger, <sighs> because that would have sort of like cleaned the palate or something. It brought the whole thing down. Like, it's, uh, <laughs> it, it, it was great watching Toxic Avenger because he was looking at me like. Whoa, this is fucked up. It's like, why, why is that guy got face? Why does that guy look like Billy Zane, the guy with the face paint at the taco shop? I'm like, I know he looks like fucking Billy Zane. You know, know, it's funny. He is a working actor. I forgot his name, but he, you would know him if you saw him in a movie without the face paint. And you're right, he does sort of look. Dude, like he looks. I mean, the first impression I ever got from him, he's like, that's fucking Billy Zane. <laughs> it's like, of course it's not, but it was like, that's him. That's Billy. I swear, I saw Billy Zane. Drop your tacos or I'll blow your fucking brains out. Yeah. Well, that guy's a real guy. I forgot his name, but he he does work. God damn it, Billy yeah. Zane doppelganger. Yeah, it's crazy. I would love to have Billy Zane like one day. He's like, yeah, I worked at trauma one day. It's like, no, oh, you didn't. You're a fucking liar. <laughs> that wasn't you. That was some other guy who looks like you a lot. No, it wasn't you. Yeah. Uh, well, um, one last thing I wanted to ask you. This is like off topic of uh, Shakespeare shitstorm and lost driving and shutter and stuff like that. I go back to uh, Akiva, Akiva Goldsman. I know Akiva yeah. Goldsman, huge fan of Toxic Avenger. And there was always the rumors way back in the day that he was going to do a remake or do mm-hmm. a reboot of Toxic Avenger. And yep. Akiva, Akiva Goldsman is like a pretty fucking well-known writer. Like he's got he, one an Oscar for he, uh, a fucking Oscar. What was it yeah. for? Uh, what? Beautiful Mind. Beautiful Mind huge fucking guy he has he's a super smart guy and he was always a fan and that always kind of struck me in a lot of ways but it never 
never never came to be. What, yeah. Was that more of a thing of him just kind of giving up the ghost on that, or no? So what happened was, guys, and nothing came through. I'm, I've always I'm interested in kind of like what insight you can kind of offer on that. Yeah. So this was before my time, but I know all about it. Um, the the rights to the Toxic Avenger, which are now with Legendary. Before that, they were with um, another company. I forgot the exact company's name, but Akiva Goldsman uh, attached himself as producer and helped shepherd uh, a script by the guys who wrote Hot Tub Time Machine, mm -hmm. Steve Pink, and I forgot the other guy's name. And they wrote a draft of it, and um, I never got to read it, but it just like was sort of stuck in development hell for a while. I know uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger was attached at one point to play uh, the mentor. So what? It, from what I understand of what that version of the script was, it was uh, a young high school boy becomes the Toxic Avenger, but he's able to like sort of morph back and forth from Toxie to a boy. Okay. And um, something happens where there's like monsters in Tromaville and then Schwarzenegger is this guy called the Exterminator who becomes <laughs> sort of like Toxie's mentor and they together join forces to fight these monsters. That's what I, I heard. Yes. this was about yeah and then john travolta was uh, uh attached for like two seconds and so yeah that was uh what they developed then they sort of um i believe it that was written for like a pg-13 when things were you know sort of like uh yeah how much money can we make off this we yeah pg-13 and then everybody sort of came to their senses like you can't make a toxic avenger movie without being radar they developed it again and it just so happened unfortunately that the rights to that company ran out and it reverted to Lloyd and Michael and they decided, let's see who else is interested in legendary. Who's done, you know, they did the new Godzilla movies. They did the they Batman did trilogy Rim and stuff like that. Pacific yeah. Rim. They've done all kinds of cool movies. Um, they uh, are now in active development. As far as the last time I heard mm -hmm. on a new Toxie movie and um, Macon Blair the guy who uh oh yeah i like making blair a lot uh, yeah i don't i don't i don't belong in this world anymore yes he's in green room and everything like that he's, blue he's ruin he was in blue green ruin room. Yeah. all the jeremy solner stuff like he's jeremy solner's boy absolutely yeah. and his scripts are, are uh good as far as i could tell so he's actively writing it right now i don't know if he's directing but i heard the last i heard is that he's writing and lloyd made that announcement and everything so wow I hope it comes to fruition. The guy's supposedly a huge trauma fan and is trying to stay as true as he can to the original while making it for modern audiences. I would watch the shit out of a Me too. creative Toxic Avenger. Oh. That would be awesome. Like, like, be awesome. And then you, of course, have to get like a Lloydy uh, cameo in there and everything. Oh, you have to, man. Yeah. Yeah. Any, uh, any, uh, any, Speaking any, of, I, I showed you before off, off. You did. Yeah, let's see if it, if it can see. I think oh, you can hold it. No, there, there you go. go. You oh, hold okay, it in front of your face. Yes. Yeah, there you go. It's the Toxic Avenger cup. It's worn, but it's one of my favorite cups. It's like light and it's plastic. It's nice. That is Toxic a good one right there. Available from Troma Direct, I guess. I don't know where if the Troma <laughs> Direct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's, that's all, that's all really fucking good news. Yeah, this, it's very cool. I, I'm look, look like Lloyd. I don't think that Shakespeare's Shitstorm is going to be Lloyd's last movie. I know that there's a toxic Toxic Avenger Part Five script, <laughs> and he would make it. But right now, they're waiting to see what happens with the remake. But it would be amazing if Lloyd got to make one final Toxie with Toxie a little bit older. Yeah, you know? kind of like facing the facing the results of like his career and stuff like that. Like you know, yeah, the hero on the decline. You know, he's, he's, he's fought his doppelganger. He's fought in Japan. Yeah, he, he's, he's, he's missing a step now whenever he's in a yes. fight. 
you know, it's, it's, he's, 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 but he still is the hero, the monster hero, so he has to do good and, and help people. Or would I you th- make it kind of like a Batman Beyond type thing where he's like the mentor to a younger Toxie? I don't want to give uh, Whoa, any, anything man. away, but I know that it's called, hmm. the original title was The Toxic Avenger Part 5, The Toxic Twins. And Loy uh, Toxie has a couple of kids, so you never know. They might take up the, the Toxic Avenger take the mantle. mantle up. They take yeah. the mop up? Oh. They take up the mop, yes. Yes. Put on the tutu and <laughs> put on the tutu and take up the, and take on the mop. Yeah, if that if that ever came to be, I, I would return to Troma to, to help uh, make a Toxic Avenger Part Five in a heartbeat. Well, I, I would hope that Void would be like John. We need we need to bring you back. We're bringing you back out. We'll see. Bench. I might say something on this that uh, you know cancels <laughs> me. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? I mean, it's like John. What the fuck are you talking yeah. to this low this low fucking rent podcast? I'd be like, how dare you tell him about making blur? That's not all. <laughs> this is this is not active. We're not supposed to tell anybody about this. Ah. Yeah. Bacon Blair's going to go. Uh, I've seen God him talk. He, he talked about it on Twitter, so I think it's all right. You're fine then. So it's like, this <laughs> is all just, you know, you're just perpetuating the rumor. If that's anything. right. So, that's what we're about. We're perpetuating rumors, conspiracy theories, fault, half-truths, just like regular society is these days. That's so. the truth. <laughs> well, John, it's been uh, fucking great talking with you, man. Thanks Thank for, you. Thanks for just being candid and going down memory lane with going from the Muppets to Fraggle Rock <laughs> to fucking trauma up and down to your, oh, yeah. your stories about, you know, girlfriends that you wanted to, like that are, that are pooping in kindergarten. And it's been a, it's been a fucking wild. I didn't ride. talk about the other pooping girlfriends. No, so we'll have I to mean, do that there's, on the there's sequel. Only, there's only, yeah, this is for the next interview. We gotta, <laughs> gotta build up enough material for the next one. We gotta, Absolutely. We're going to bury the lead on that one. Yeah. So stay tuned for the next one when John and I talk again. Yeah. But, dude, it's been great talking to you. And just to kind of conclude things, is there anything else you kind of want to talk about, things that are coming up? I mean, you, you, you've been extremely candid. I'm sure there's something else <laughs> fun uh, going on in your world, in the Shutter world, the Joe Bob world, the Troma world. Well, there's a few things I can't talk about, which I wish I could, and I'm like, uh, they're on the tip of my tongue. But um, Matt, keep that tongue in your mouth. I'll keep that tongue. But uh, <laughs> check out Shakespeare's Shitstorm doc, Shakespeare's Shitstorm dot com uh, to keep an eye on when, like, you know, either we're gonna do some live screenings when we get to be able to, or it's gonna be on more virtual um, festivals and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So a bunch of screenings are coming up for that. Uh, and then as far as like the last drive-in, October 23rd is our Halloween special. Mm-hmm. But we also have coming up is a Christmas special, which is to be determined the date, and then season three. So uh, lots, lots, lots more last drive-in coming. And if you guys continue to watch, hopefully we get to do season four and beyond. So please sh- subscribe to Shudder. And uh, you can follow me at Bad Techno across uh, Twitter and Instagram. And that's where all my stuff is. You can see, you can listen to my music. You can, uh, actually, www.com. Wait, www. Oh, that's not how the internet works. <laughs> www.com. No, badtechno.com. You can find all my stuff, my go. social media, my albums. I, I've written about 700 songs and about, you know, 200 of them are online. You can listen to. So, uh, yeah, check me out. I'm, I'm around. I, I'm also, you know, just sitting at home watching sitting, movies. Sitting up, in, uh, <laughs> sitting up in New York, just waiting for the next thing to drop. Well, hey, That's next right. time you're, if you're, when, when we get back to traveling, you ever uh, find yourself in the Nashville area and everything like oh, that. Oh, I've been to Nashville, and I'm coming back. So well, I'll take Come on back, baby. You know, awesome. More than happy to host you down here in, in old, uh, old Nash Vegas. It's Sweet. A, uh, my, my adopted hometown. My, Miami raised, but Nashville 
kind of living right now. So amazing. I'm there. Yeah. Well, John, again, it's been fucking, it's been fucking great, man. It's been a, you know, it took it took weeks and weeks to kind of get. This oh, going. I apologize. You can. I know. You know I, I I'm, not gonna, I I'm not going to flog you in public square. <laughs> I need the flogging. I fucked up, but don't worry. Please flog me. I'll make you up. I'll buy you some drinks when I'm in Nashville. Ah, you know, drinks are on me, my friend. All but, right. <laughs> well, uh, well, John, been great. Well, if you like this interview and any any other interview we have for simplistic simplistic interviews. Uh, go to simplistic.reviews for all the, all the other interviews, other reviews for the for the review of Shakespeare Shitstorm, which uh, I lauded it quite a bit. I love that film and um, anything else on the website. But um, this is it for this interview. Again, thank you, John, for hanging out with me for this extended interview. It's gonna I'm not gonna chop too much of this up. I think I think we're gonna let this one ride. So it's gonna all be right. a, gonna be a fun one. But um, this is Matt from Simplistic Reviews. See you guys later. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to Simplistic Sit Down. For more interviews, reviews, podcasts, and commentaries, visit simplisticreviews.net.